0: Hey everyone, welcome to the NAS Church Weekly Message Podcast. Here you will listen to the preaching pastor from the NAS in Grove City, Ohio. We pray you are inspired by their teachings. That was awesome, when God is moving, and I had to take off because I forgot one of the very important parts of the messages. I want everybody to get ready for a reset. You ready? That's all it takes. It's 2021. That was easy. Wasn't that easy? Now we turned over the calendar. It's a new year. Everything's perfect now, right? Everything's going to be great. We don't have to worry about stuff. And all it took was pressing the easy button. I don't know what's wrong with this easy button. This is Pastor uh, Owens. It is banged up. <laughs> he must need it a lot uh, working here with all the stuff that he's doing. Well, I want to tell you a little bit real quick as we head into this new series. I had someone call me this week and, uh, or email me. They were kind of frustrated they thought our church is talking about doing this great reset and uh, we're worried about them kind of becoming a little liberal. They'd heard back in June, there was this movement for the great reset, the great economic reset that was supposed to help us as an entire world change the way the monetary system was going, what was happening and to help move into like a one world government sort of thing, which you can read about in the Bible in the book of Revelation. And so they were worried that I was helping us become a part of that because our series was called Reset. And I said, I don't get invited to those meetings. Those are way above my head. I don't know how important you think I am, but I have no idea what that is. What we're talking about is beginning to take our life and reset it around the Word of God to make things different in our lives as we move forward. So I'm gonna ask you, uh, whether you're in here in person or online, as Roberta said, we're so happy to see you here, Uh, but I want you to take a moment to think about what it would take to reset your life to make things happen a little bit different than perhaps they normally do. I know that quite often, uh, at the end of December, I take time to begin looking at my life and assessing, what do I want to be a little bit different in the new year? Are there some resolutions I need to make? Are there some things I need to do a little bit differently? How many of y'all do that? Just be honest, you do, you set that time, you do that. The rest of you are going, I'm not gonna admit it because I don't want you to hold me accountable. I know how that is. But some of us, we start a new year, and uh, I read the other day about uh, a guy over in England. He takes his, uh, in fact, if you've been doing the Bible in one year with many of us, Nicky Gumbel talked about at the beginning of the year, the gym where he goes to work out, they actually bring in extra equipment for all of the people that show up on January 1 making their New Year's resolutions. And he said, by the third week of January, they've begun to remove some of that equipment because there aren't as many people coming anymore because people start out strong but then they fall back into their bad habits and just kind of begin to wane away, and, and things don't go the way they wanted to. So what I want to talk to y'all about today a bit is is some of that. It's how do we begin to shift some of the things that that we do in our own lives to reset our lives toward the trajectory that God has for us. Because uh, I'm going to basically through today's sermon share this principle with you, and it, and it goes something like this. It says, uh, if you aren't ready, you aren't ready for a restart until you have done the work of the reset, okay? You're not ready for a restart in your life until you've done the work of the reset. So principle number two sounds a lot like principle one. It's just a little bit different. It says this, uh, because restarts don't change things unless the reset has changed things. So let me put it to you this way. If you were building a house, imagine having a a contractor come to build a house for you, took out the plans, he started built a foundation, but uh, on the plans, he didn't notice that the foundation on the plans was actually off a little bit. So he's building with plans that weren't quite right. So he puts things together, he starts to build a house. And as he builds it, things end up cattywampus. I mean, they're not, they're not plumb, they're not straight. And so he finishes, you're going, this house is messed up. He goes, you're right, you know what, you're right. So he tears it down, he says, I'll do it over again and I'll do better this time. So he goes back. And he uses the same plans. He doesn't recheck them, just assumes they're correct and builds the same house all over again. And guess what? It looks just like the old house, right? You may have changed some paint colors or done some things differently, but the house is still out of wax. He goes, okay, that's no good. We'll tear that down. We'll start all over again. So he tears it down. He starts all over again, but he uses the same plans again. Now, some of you are beginning to go, he should check his plans. I can tell those of you that are OCD, you're getting frustrated with this story. Please does he not look at the plans? If he's a good builder, he would look at his plans. He would make sure that they're correct. You're exactly right. The same thing is true of us. Very often we head into a new year. We think I'm gonna I'm gonna do different. I'm gonna do different this year. I'm gonna do different. I'm gonna this year. I am gonna make it past week three of January. I'm gonna do way better. So what? Do you, and my question always becomes: What are you gonna do differently this year? Try harder. I'm gonna try harder. The contractor can try a whole lot harder, but if his plans aren't correct, you all understand, he may just build the wrong house way faster that next year, right? Are y'all beginning to understand what I'm saying here? The same thing's true in our lives. If we don't take time to stop and say, Lord, what is it that you want in my life? What is it that you're wanting to do? What is it that in my life is not quite plumb? It's not quite straight, the plan's, that I've been building from aren't quite right. What do you want to do in my life? Until we stop and focus on that, we're gonna keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. Can I get a witness? If you're online watching this and you understand that and you say, I have done that myself, give me a thumbs up, give me a thumbs up. If you're in the worship center, just go, "Uh Uh uh-huh. There we go, that's a lot of you. Oh, wow, more than I thought. So where I wanna take us to is in the book of Matthew chapter four. If you have your Bibles with you, open them up to Matthew Chapter 4. We're going to read verses 1 through 11. This is a story of Jesus going out into the wilderness before he starts his ministry here on earth. Okay, so he's lived, most people think about this time, he was probably anywhere between 30 to 33 years of age. He's getting ready to begin his public ministry. Some may put him a little bit younger than that, uh, but somewhere, late 20s, early 30s, Jesus is preparing to do ministry. Uh, he's not done a whole lot publicly yet. He may have um, may have turned the water into wine, but he's not really gone out and begun to really do things. And so here's what happens, beginning with verse one. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit in the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For forty days and forty nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came to him and said, "If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread." But Jesus told him, "'No, the scriptures say, "'People do not live by bread alone, "'but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God.' "'Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, "'to the highest point of the, point of the temple, "'and said, "'If you are the Son of God, jump off. "'For the scriptures say, "'He will order his angels to protect you, "'and they will hold, up, hold you up with their hands "'so that you won't even hurt your foot against the stone.' "'And Jesus responded,' The scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Then next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, the devil said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, the ability we have to come together and, and look at your word, to read your word, to sing songs based on your word. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would move among us. As we, as we just sang, that these, the dry bones of Elijah would move, would shake, that you would begin to move in and with us. Lord, we've been praying for this. We've been seeking this. Uh, Lord, there are people that are gathering, praying for revival, praying for you to move. God, we pray that you would do that in our lives. We can feel you moving. We can see you doing things. But Lord, we ask that you would not pass by us, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, that you would work in and through us. Uh, Lord, I know that turning the, the page of a calendar uh, doesn't mean anything to you. <laughs> these are, All these days that you have created, you've, you've lived in them, you are living in them. Lord, in our past, in our present, in our future, you are there. So God, I pray that you would help us to understand the work that you're doing, that we would be willing to wait on you that we would seek you while we're waiting, that we would allow you to shift and change and move us, that we would not be conformed to this world, but we would be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that we would be ready to live a life in this world that's different, that a world that is dying and hurting needs to see. All these things, Father, we ask and we pray in Christ's name, amen. So let me go back and remind you again real quick. Here's the principles, the two principles again. Principle one, you aren't ready for a restart until you've done the work of the reset. You've gotta get things reset in your life. You've gotta get those plans correct. Uh, you've gotta get those things right before you even start and take off doing what you need to do. The second thing is the restart itself doesn't change things unless the reset has changed things. So if you wanna make a change in your life, you want things to be different, you have got to allow God to work in your life to shift some of those things so that as you begin your trajectory, you will be going the right direction, doing the right things. My father was aboard ship during uh, the Korean War and uh, they were coming back uh, from from what they'd been doing. They'd come around from the Pacific over to the Atlantic. They were headed into supposed to be in Norfolk, Virginia. And while they were out in the Atlantic, someone had messed up by, it was like a 10th of a degree uh, from as far, as far out as they were, the, what they were supposed to put in. And just that one little mistake, uh, by the time they got close to shore, they were looking for signals with a telescope, you know, or, uh, the ship's glass, looking at stuff and realized they were way off. And they finally figured out that that one degree over the distance that they had gone had put them 20 miles down shore from where they were supposed to be, one degree. Now, one degree, if you're going a real short distance, isn't that big a deal. But if you're looking to live a life that God wants for you, that's gonna be long-term. Begin to adjust, make sure you're checking, make sure you're checking your life against God's word. Here is Jesus of Nazareth, God's son. Back during uh, last month's series, uh, we talked a lot during Unexpected about Jesus coming into this world in in an ordinary family with Mary and Joseph. He was a man but we also know that he was God. He was God's very own son. I find it interesting that the creator of the universe, before he begins his public ministry here on earth, he goes and takes 40 days to pray and to fast, to get prepared to be ready for the ministry that he has. If the son of God has to take time to prepare for the ministry that he has, who are we to think that we don't need? to take the time to stop and prepare to understand God's word and what he's saying to us before we take off into what he has for us. So uh, Jesus goes off and spends 40 days prayer and fasting. And some of you would say, well, did he take God's word with him? He couldn't take all the scrolls they had. They didn't have nice Bibles like we have. At Jesus' age, if he was a rabbi, which we know he was, uh, if he was a rabbi, he would have memorized the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, what the, what the Jews first refer to as, as Tanakh, the law, okay, Torah, so Torah, the law there. The Torah, the Nevi'im, the Kethubim, the, the prophets and, the, and the, um, the other writings that were there, they hadn't memorized all those, but he would have memorized those first five books of the Bible, plus he would have also memorized uh, many of the Psalms that they had, that they sang. So Jesus goes out, and for 40 days, he spends time meditating on God's word, repeating those things, listening to God, spending time without food or water to show God, Lord, uh, my time with you is more important to me than food or water. I live from the things that come from your mouth. He spends time doing that. Is it any surprise to us then that when Satan comes to tempt him, Satan comes with what? Scripture. Scripture. Satan comes and begins to try and tell him different things that he can do. Isn't it, doesn't it say this in God's word? Jesus says it does. It also says this, because he had taken the time to take God's word in. One of the reasons that many of us are doing the Bible in one year here at the church is I believe for a reset to take place in our lives, we have to understand the word of God. It is the thing that is gonna reset our thinking. It is the thing by which we begin to measure our life, not CBS, NBC, and Fox, or Whatever stations you happen to watch, there's 300 million of them now. I was telling my kids when I was growing up, they wanted to watch Charlie Brown Christmas or something like that. And I was going, when I was growing up, you had to wait till the one Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. when Charlie Brown Christmas would show up. And if you missed it, you missed it. They're like, well, you couldn't watch it on VCR or something? No, you missed it. You missed it. So you planned. I remember telling my parents, we can't go to so-and-so's house Tuesday night for dinner because Charlie Brown Christmas is on. Will they be watching Charlie Brown Christmas? We have to watch, right? How many of y'all remember that? Right, we had to schedule our lives around these things. Now we can just watch them all whenever we want to. But at times what's begun to happen to us is our lives have become shaped more by podcasts, by the radio, by the television, by the VCR, by Netflix, by Amazon Prime, whatever it is, whatever we're watching, I can hear it in the things that our students say. I can hear it when I'm around college kids. And they're beginning to explain things about life. Uh, It's been interesting to watch now some of the programs on TV and to hear the way that they're weaving in some Christian principles with other things. And we just take them all in as the, oh, wow, this is a spiritual program. Let me take this in. Unless you know God's word, it can just kind of filter in and we come together with all kinds of neat understandings of what God might be or what God might be thinking or what God might be saying to us. That's why as believers, we spend time in his word with other believers, understanding so that our lives, the, the very foundation upon which we've started to build things is solid. It's not out of whack. So that as we continue to build, we're not needing to keep tearing things out again and rebuilding them. I hate doing that. I, I like instructions, kind of. Um, you know, have you, How many of you men in here, like you use constructions kind of like Cliff's Notes? Right? There's pictures, and it looks like you can see what goes together. You look at what's here. Oh, I got it. And you put it together. And you don't follow them step by step. How many of you do that? Are you willing to admit that, men? All right. If you're online you're willing to admit that, give me another thumbs up. Okay. Give me a th- yeah, I, I don't I don't always follow them. You get down to the end, and you have these extra screws, and your kids, what are those for? They're just spare. I mean, they're spare things, right? That's... <laughs> They do, that. they do that in case you lose some, you'll have extras. I'm sure that's what that's about till later on, right? You figure out, oh, those, those actually did something important. I should have followed the directions, right? God's Bible is not a directional guide in that sense. Uh, God's word is full of stories that help us understand how the people of God have lived. And he invites us into that story to say that the main thing that my instructions say are listen to my voice. Be obedient to me. Do what I have told you to do. Remember, Jesus is starting a ministry in a country that has been subdued by the Romans. Uh, They're walking around with Roman soldiers all over the place. Jesus is gonna start teaching to a people who are in some ways captive in their own country. And he's gonna say to them, I've come to bring salvation. And they're going, yeah, wipe out the Romans. He's going, that's, that's not the kind of salvation I'm bringing. It's different. Let me tell you about what God's word says and takes them back in. Here's what they wanted. Messiah come, wipe them all out. We can go, that was easy. Right, and we're done. God's gonna bring his rule to reign here on earth. And Jesus says, ah, that's not quite how it works. God says, mm, that's not quite how it works. When Jesus came, we need to realize people had been prophesying that the Messiah would come for hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. If we look back through scripture, we can see through all of scripture, there are stories of Christ that are kind of woven throughout the Old Testament. So we might be able to say for thousands of years, since man had fallen, God had pointed to the understanding that he wanted to come and save his people from their sins, that he would send a Messiah to save them. That's what God was doing in and through the world. Uh, Psalm 40 um, is a is a uh, great understanding to, uh, or a great Psalm to help us understand what we've had to walk through. So 2020 was a horrible year. Can we all agree? It's done, it's past us, it's behind us. You know, Pastor John uh, joked about all the, um, the great visions that people had for their 2020 vision for the year of what was gonna happen. And those things didn't come, come to pass. So now it's 2021 and I've heard people saying, 2021 is gonna be better. And I wanna ask the question, why? because we flipped the calendar from December to January, it's new. Let's start fresh. It's gonna be good. Um, I, I, y'all wouldn't believe this, maybe some of you will. Uh, this week, my phone has, has rung off the hook um, from people that are called and said, hey, by the way, won't be able to be there this week. I just tested positive um, for COVID. Hey, by the way, won't be able to be there. Someone in my family's tested positive. Some of us are having some um, symptoms and so we're not sure if we have it or not. We'll be staying away. Um, some of the staff have called. Hey, I got a call last night. Won't be able to be there in the morning. Here's what's going on. Here's, here's the symptoms that are happening. Uh, we were in contact with someone, so we think we might, we might have something. And I, and I said to them, but it's 2021. Everything's better now. Just come on. <laughs> Y'all know that's not true, right? Just because we turned the calendar didn't mean that everything changed. We're still gonna be working through some of this stuff for time to come. How do we work through that though in such a way that we're allowing God to shape us and build upon us the foundation that he's already set in and among us? Psalm 40 tells us this. It's a beautiful Psalm. I want you to listen to these words. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. Say patiently. Yeah, y'all didn't mean it. Um, I want patience and I want it when? There you go, amen. I want it now. Uh, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and mire, or some of your versions will say, out of the miry clay. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done. Many will see and hear and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Oh, the joys of those who trust the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud or in those who worship idols. Oh, Lord, my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. I tried to recite all of your wonderful deeds. And if I did, I would never come to an end of them. You take no delight in sacrifices or offerings. Now that you have made me listen, I finally understand. You don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. Then I said, Lord, look, I have come. As it is written about me in the scriptures, I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. I have told all your people about your justice. I've not been afraid to speak out as you, O Lord, well know. I've not kept the good news of your justice hidden in my heart. I have talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I have told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. Lord, don't hold back your tender mercies from me. Let your unfailing love and faithfulness always protect me for troubles surround me, too many to count. My sins pile up so high, I can't see my way out. They outnumber the hairs on my head. I have lost all courage. Please, Lord, rescue me. Come quickly, Lord, and help me may those who try to destroy me be humiliated and put to shame may those who take delight in my trouble be turned back in disgrace let them be horrified by their shame for they said aha we've got him now but may all who search for you be filled with joy and gladness in you may those who love your salvation repeatedly shout the Lord is great as for me since I am poor and needy let the Lord keep me in His thoughts. You are my helper and my Savior. Oh my God, do not delay. The, the author of the book of the Hebrews, though, will pick up part of the psalm, and he will say, "Christ has fulfilled this. You want a great high priest? Do you want one who knows what you've gone through? You want one who knows what you've faced? You want one who knows how to make a reset? Then look no further than Psalm chapter 40. It was prophesied that he would come. His name is Jesus. He's your high priest. He hasn't gone through things you haven't gone through. Scripture tells us, in fact, the book of Hebrews will later on say, he's gone through everything that you and I have had to go through yet without sin. He's faced the temptations that you and I have faced and overcome them. How? By the use of God's word, through prayer, through fasting, through realizing, guess what, Lord? I've looked at all these different things to do, but what is it that's most important? I've come to do your will. It's not through sacrifice and me saying, God, this year, I'm going to give up all this stuff if you'll work through me a certain way. What he says is, God, I've realized you don't need my sacrifices. What you need is a broken and contrite heart. David says the same thing in Psalm 51. We find throughout scripture what God is calling his people to is a place of saying, I will obey you. I will listen to you. Guess where he's spoken to us? most clearly and most specifically through his word. He's asking, are you going to spend time getting to know me, to understand what I'm telling you to do, and then begin to live that out? Yes. Yes. Okay, Lord, so if I do that, how quickly will I be blessed? How long? Realize this psalm was written with people saying, the Messiah is going to come. And at the end, it says, so Lord, hear our cry. Can you imagine the people at the end of the psalm saying, okay, Lord, how long will we sing this psalm? Do you have to sing it for 500 years before you come? Imagine the early church singing this song, thinking, oh, he's going to come back quickly. Change us now, Lord. Make us who you want us to be. It doesn't say anything about how quickly he's going to come. He prays, God, come quickly. You've come. You've seen me in my distress. You've heard my cry. But, Lord, we want you to return. Is 2021 going to be the year of Christ's return? I don't know. How long will we have to sing this psalm? I don't know. How long will we seek for him to come back? I don't know. I do know that as I live, live my life, as I walk out in the world, there's often times where I'm going, okay, Lord, how much longer till you come back? It's getting pretty bad. And I know for, for years, Christians have been saying that. Can things get much worse? Yep, they can. Yep, they probably will. So what does God call us to do in the midst of that? He says, look at my word. For thousands of years, I have been faithful. For thousands of years, for those who have continued to set their eyes on me, to listen to what it is that I want to say in and through them, I have continued to work. I have heard their cry. I have met them where they are. For how much longer, Lord? How long? As long as it takes. How long? Well, till COVID passes. Okay, great. Then what's the next thing that's going to come after that? Till after that, Lord? Yes. How much longer? What about till my marriage gets worked out? Lord, how long? How long for that? How about, we can go list after list after list. God wants to do it until everyone on earth has seen and heard who he is. What about your neighbor down the cubicle? What about your neighbor down the street? What about the kids who live in the bedroom down the hall from you? What about your friends that you see at school or at the coffee shop? One of the beautiful things of this psalm says, Lord, you have set my feet on the rock so that others will see, others will see and hear about your wondrous works. So I will sing a new song. I will sing this song so that others will see you living in and through me. That's our hope this year. That's what we're hoping God will do in and through us. It starts with us spending time in God's word. It starts with us spending time on our knees. Again, I will say to you, if the God of the universe spent 40 days praying and fasting so that he could be prepared for what God had for him, how can we expect anything less? So here's what I wanna call you guys to. Those of you that are watching online, those of you that are here in the building, some of you heard us over the last few weeks talking about the Bible in one year with Nikki Gumbel. Uh, I don't care if you use that one or if you use another one, but most of us here at the church, we're using Bible in one year with Nikki Gumbel. It's gonna be a a journey that we take in God's word where every day we spend a little bit of time in God's word. We spend a little bit of time being, being guided and directed. We spend a little bit of time in prayer, listening to the Lord. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to commit for a year to spend time in God's word. Now, how do I want you to make that commitment? I want you to make that commitment each day. For this reason, if some of you are like me, I start out a plan. And if I have a plan, I grew up in a, in a house where either you did it or you didn't do it. It's kind of like Yoda. Try or try. There is no try. There is only do, right? That whole sense of if you, if you missed it, you messed up. So eight days in, if I missed a day reading my Bible, I just messed up the whole year. So I might as well quit and wait till next January 1. How many of y'all have done that before? Don't raise your hands. Don't raise your hands. I have. I'll just admit it. I have. One of the things I've begun to learn is each day I have an opportunity to take the steps God wants me to take. So my effort every day is to look at the end of the day and say, have I made the effort today? If I haven't made the effort, let me make effort now. The next day, if I'm looking back and go, I didn't make the effort yesterday, I will make the effort today. I'm not giving up. I'm not stopping. I'm going to spend time with you, God, in your word, spend time with you in prayer. I'm going to ask you to make that commitment with me. Take out your NAS app, take out the Bible app, and find Bible in One Year with Nikki Gumbel. If you're at home right now, you can do that online. Commit to taking that time every day. I'll be posting on Facebook about it. We'll have things on the church website and the email newsletters that we send out. And if you say, well, I didn't start on January 1. You know, January 1 is a great day to start because the calendar just went over. Another great day to start would be the first day of the month, like February 1. Another great day to start would be any Sunday because Sunday is the first day of the week. You know another great day to start? Whatever day you were on, okay? It's always a good time to start. Figure out a place to start and begin allowing God to change and transform and make you who he wants you to be. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. There may be some of you in here today who are saying, I am committed to making a new start this year. I'm going to commit to do something different. I want to remind you again one last time of these two principles. The first one is, you aren't ready for a restart until you've done the work of a reset. Okay? You aren't ready for the restart until you've done the work of the reset. The second thing is, um, restarts don't change things unless the reset has changed things. Restarts don't change things unless the reset's changed. Are you ready to reset your life? Are you ready to commit to say, "Oh God, okay, God, I'm going to take time this month not only to spend time in Your Word, but I'm going to I'm going to try to pray." a little bit longer every day. I'm gonna start fasting. Don't fast 40 days, okay? I'm gonna tell you, if you've never fasted before, don't say, I'm gonna fast 40 days. Don't do that. You need to talk to your doctor. You need to work through some things. Some of you know a couple years ago, I fasted for 40 days. and i want to tell you, here's how my journey went. My journey started with one time God saying, why don't you skip a meal today and pray for so-and-so? Like, skip a meal? Are you nuts? I love food. So I skipped a meal. After a while, it moved to God saying to me one day, why don't you take today, take the day off and pray for that issue that's going on. Seek me today, the entire day, 24 hours, okay. After a while, God came to me one day and I felt like he said, why don't you spend the next three days with me? Take some time away and go be alone with me for three days. Three days? What will I do? Guess what? I lived. After that, it was 10 days. And then one time, the 21 days. Then the next thing I knew, 40 days. That, that was about a five-year time, time, time period, the time period, five-year stretch that took me to that point. What I've noticed is each time as God begins to stretch me, He begins to build me. He begins to build on the foundation that He has set. And you know what the foundation starts with? Obedience. If you tell me to do it, Lord, I will do it. That's where many of you just need to start is saying, God, if you tell me to do it, I will do it. Bow your heads with me right now. Father, I pray that you'd be with us today. Thank you that hundreds of years before Christ came, you told us he was coming. You prepared us for what you were gonna do. Lord, many of us got tired out. We got worn out waiting. How long must we sing this song? How long does this have to last? God, I pray that you'd help us to understand that you've told us whenever trials and things come, we should consider it joy because the testing of our faith develops perseverance and it must finish its work so that we may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. Father, begin that process in our life. I pray you'd be right now with my my friend, my brother or sister who is sitting here saying, I have not made that step. Father, I pray that even now, They would just ask you, Lord, forgive me for my life, for living my life by what all the media tells me to do, by what my friends tell me to do. Father, help me to set my life on your path, that you would live in and through me, that you would change me, that you would make me like you. Father, forgive my sins and live in me. Help me to begin this journey with you this year and however many years it takes to continue to become like you so that many would see and hear your love living in and through me. All these things, Father, I ask and I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. For the rest of us, I'm going to ask you to commit this year to allowing God to live and work in and through you each and every day, each and every morning. Make the commitment that each day you're going to get up and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to spend time in your word. I'm going to spend a little bit of time with you. And I'm going to allow you to change me and transform me and make me in your image. For how long? However long it takes. For those of you that accepted Christ just a moment ago as we prayed, thank you. Can we celebrate those that accepted Christ this morning? Uh, Almost every week for the last few months, we've had people that have given their heart to Christ every Sunday, it's been a phenomenal thing. We believe heaven is celebrating with you right now. We have a Bible that we'd love to give you. Just click the button there online that says, I said yes. If you're here in the building, as you leave, stop by one of the new here stations. Uh, We have something we'd love to give you. It's my prayer that the God who filled Jesus that the spirit who lived in and through him out in the desert will fill your hearts that you can overcome anything that God would bring you. And some of you say for how long? Say it with me. Say how long to sing this song. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. Stay connected with us at the nas.church